episode five. Um, yeah. We're going to talk about some Harry Potter So chapters. what happened in the last chapters, the ones that we didn't read for this episode? Was that... Mary Vera said? That was the one we had a lot of Quidditch, and it was really dull. And it, well, it ended with the Christmas and Mary Vera said. And yes. Thick socks. Thick socks. Yeah. Oh, God. Socks for Christmas. Dumbledore's thick, crusty socks. Yeah, and we have two uh, Quidditch chapters, two Quidditch games, right? Snape being a... Well, we have we've, we 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 have a Quidditch chapter. This okay, but the, in the last ones, there was the first one where he's like, you know, manipulating the the Harry's Harry's broom and all sure that. Looks like that. All that stuff. Sure does look like that. <laughs> well, this one, however, we're starting with chapter thirteen, Nicholas Flamel. And my first note in chapter thirteen, Nicholas, Nicholas Flamel. Once again, we have a scene where Harry tries to buy off a good character, a young, impressionable, good wizard with sweets, and he succeeds. We see this behavior first <laughs> in the train sequence where he buys off Ron by buying off by buying the whole like snack cart. It's true. And they get fat and sloppy in that little train cart, and Ron's his best friend forever after that. Just way to a man's heart, ladies. Through his chocolately ulcered stomach. Wow. Does it to uh, Neville here too, where he he basically gives Neville a whole like I think a whole box. I uh, gives him a single, a whole box chocolate frog, whole box. Because <laughs> the last though, even if it's just one, it's like the last. There's significance to the chocolate the amount or the. You don't think it's just because Neville's feeling bad? No, I think it's because Harry's like, oh, Neville's vulnerable, <laughs> and I know how to get people to come to my side. That's actually. Not bad. Dark chocolate. And so he gives him the frog, which is even more upsetting when I think about how food and sweets at Hogwarts not are in rare supply. No, it's like, point. they have tons of access to as much food and as much sweets, seemingly, as, as they can handle. But they still... Like, the economy of, of food at Hogwarts is, like, utopian. It's just as much as you want, as much as you need of any type and variety, just go for it. Yet they still have value in things like chocolate frogs. It seems confusing to me. I mean, I guess they're kids, so... I mean, the dark secret of this book is, I guess, if you give kids, give kids candy, they'll do anything you want. Wow. Ah. Ooh. I didn't write it, man. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ugh. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Um. Where were we? <laughs> Chocolate frogs. Okay. Chocolate frogs. Yeah. Um, Buying affection with chocolate. Yeah. What do you think about that? I'm trying not to. Well, it's a pretty integral part of the chapter. Why was Neville upset? Uh, he got the leg locker curse. <sighs> Wasn't that Malfoy? Malfoy. He had to hop in there. That was actually a deleted scene in the movie. Was it? Yeah. That's cool. Oh, they, I think they chop it out so Hermione just comes back with the book, but they do discover Nicholas Flamel on the card. Honestly, don't you read? There's another part in here that is really telling on how evil Harry is and how monstrous he is. He mentions that uh, anyone would want a stone that turns any metal to gold and gives you eternal life. Yeah, any villain, Harry. <laughs> any person who's only focused on themselves and their own personal gains, maybe. You monster. Also, again, someone, yeah, be quiet. I will someone who has no idea quiet. what 
the economy's like. Because once you make, once you have endless gold, it devalues itself, just like chocolates. But apparently, that's the biggest magic in Hogwarts. Well, I mean, you wouldn't. Is there's no, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, economy of scarcity. (laughs) Like it just doesn't. You can have as plenty as much as you want. It's still chocolate frogs are the best thing, and gold is the best. They're the most valuable, and ugh, just. Harry, just get a degree in economics, please. And again, at the end of the book, or in this chapter, you know what? Neville's the best. Why is Neville the best? Oh, because he just totally takes on Crabbe and Goyle. Yeah. Because Harry bought him off with the chocolate frog? Exactly. Because even though he was bought off, he he's so, you know, uh, genuinely good-natured, he, he doesn't even see it. He doesn't even see, like, oh, I've been, you know... He's loyal to the dawn. To the what? <laughs> to the dawn. To the dawn. Yeah. Okay, good. That carries like the Godfather. Ah. The D-O-N, not the D-A-W-N. Oh, see, I'm glad you said that too, because I was thinking D-O-N-G when you said it the first time, and I was like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. (laughs) He might be loyal to the dong. I I heard that was what I heard, (laughs) and I really wanted to know what you meant. Because I'm not saying you're wrong. Your confusion is... I just want to know... Understood. ...what exactly you meant. So, D-O-N. <laughs> no G, no W-N. Understood. Understood. Yes. Um, yeah, he's loyal to the Dawn. <laughs> In. In. Period. He's a... What's the... What's the... Castellieri? Is that what they're called? Conciliary. Conciliary, that's it. He's, he's Harry's conciliary. You think so? Maybe. Okay. He just, like, look, he's like, he just runs into two dudes who are way bigger than him and knocks them out. Feels like it. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Neville's the best. Again, he's just, he's so good natured, nice guy. He doesn't see it at all as being like, like, oh, I have to return favors later. He's just like, this guy was nice to me. I'll be nice back. <laughs> no one hurts Harry. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to Neville and Harry both, obviously there was the moment in a few chapters back where Harry defends Neville against uh, Draco when he breaks his wrist. Mm-hmm. So they have obviously other history. You don't have to defend yourself. Not defending myself. I'm trying to, to justify, justify those other characters being a little bit more well-rounded than maybe I want to give them credit for. I do like the clever bit of writing where Ron tells Harry about it. Where he said, Neville tried to take on Crabbe and Goyle. He's still in the hospital wing, but <laughs> that amuses me. Yeah. And then Harry overhears Severus and Quirrell. Yes, uh, the, the threatening conversation. We don't really know what he's threatening him about, but there's a lot of threats about. Sure sounds like he's trying to get past that dog. That sneaky yeah. snake. Yep. Does sound like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe he will. <laughs> Do you have anything else in chapter 13? No, I don't. It's a pretty... I mean, it's, it was, it's, it's Quidditch. Quidditch yeah. chapter's not interesting to no. talk about. It's titled Nicholas Fumel. Is this the one where we learn about Nicholas Fumel? And they, like, yeah. yeah, it's pretty early on, though. But it's still like kind of like a... It, okay. Like, even to the point where in a later chapter where, where Hagrid shows up, I think it might be the next one, and they're like, you're not, he's like, you're not still looking at for Nicholas Fumel. And they're like, we learned about that ages ago. And it's like, yeah, it was a pretty insignificant piece of information, <laughs> truly. Well, I mean, yeah, because the, the chapter's called Nicholas Flamel, and two-thirds of it's Quidditch. Yeah. And fighting. Boys will be boys with the Quidditch and the fighting. Oh, well, girls like Quidditch? Do girls like fighting? Yes. Wow. Okay. What, what happened? I don't know. Why am I Just the bad feels, guy? feels wrong. Okay. <laughs> Why am I the bad guy? <laughs> 
Um, Chapter 14, Norbert the Norwegian Ridgeback. One of Eddie Murphy's lesser-known films. Mm. <laughs> Wait till we get to chapter... He plays meet. all the characters. Wait till we get to... <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Wait till we get to the chapter, meet Dave. <laughs> right with my stupid joke. <laughs> In this, one of the first things that no, I jumped out at me was, again, this uh, this whole explanation about how there's tons of dragons or plenty of dragons but muggles don't know about them and oh man what a hassle it is for the ministry of magic to keep them under wraps and away from the muggles despite also them being wild it just they go into such detail about how difficult it is and how important it is to keep the magical world away from muggles without really explaining yeah but why what is the risk why is it so important it it seems like an integral piece of world building that I'm missing some in the in the reading. I don't I, I, see I know, it. I, I think it's a shorthand for children's books. I mean, anytime kids get any kind of magical artifact or adventure, they the first thing to do is hush it up from grown-ups. Yeah. Which is unsettling. As, yeah, as actually. Parents, yeah, they didn't mention it. That's like a weird thing. Every theme. movie, every book is, what, this is happening? Don't tell a responsible grown-up. It's our secret. Yeah. You know, have a chocolate frog. Have a chocolate frog. Ugh. Let's play our special game. Oh. Quidditch. Oh, no. Oh, why? Oh, the glasses came off of that one. Oh, there's another. Uh, yep. Okay. Um. <laughs> See, I've got a note for the it's next chapter that I don't want to bring up now. But yeah, it seems like the kind of thing that in a book that's really going to focus on that nuanced world building, it'd be nice to have it explained a little bit sure. harder as opposed to just sort of a other than, all or yeah blimey everyone want magical solutions to their problems it's not a right. good reason no there's a moment in here where Harry tells Hermione to shut up is I, there I didn't like that felt like wow again villain of the series titular villain is this when he tells her not to sing what? Malfoy got in trouble I'm so happy I could sing don't no he's I'm pretty sure he says straight up okay. shut up yeah, here we go. Um, we've got lessons. We'll get into trouble, and that's nothing to what Hagrid's going to be in when we, when someone finds out what he's doing. Shut up, Harry whispered. Well, I mean, he was just trying to get out as quickly as possible. How much he didn't want Malfoy to hear what she was saying. Malfoy's face. Uh, he did tell her to shut up. Yeah, it's kind of rude. Just rude for Harry to be like, shut. Up. Even if it's a whisper, I'm surprised he didn't hiss. Shut up. Well, I mean, it's not you really. can't spell whisper without hiss. Hiss. Just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Harry. Uh, longer, more involved, Norbert, than you've been, ex- than you've been exposed to. The dragon? To. The story of the dragon. Yeah, I don't remember what it is in the film, but it felt like this it's was... It's pretty quick. Yeah. It's like... I remember he has one. Here's a dragon. Bless him, he knows his mommy. Malfoy sauce cut to McGonagall. Well, we shipped the dragon off. Oh, no, no Hagrid, and you all have detention. Okay. Bo and, and, and Ron instead of Neville. Neville gets the detention of this one. Yeah. Which is cool. I like that Neville is, again, like their, you know, their fourth wheel. Mm-hmm. At least in this book, which is cool. Because I don't feel like he gets a lot of credit in the film. No. Or the films, for the most part, till like no. the last one. Right. He really knocks it out of the park on the last one. Yeah. And Goblet of Fire. Neville has some choice scenes in Goblet of Fire. He provides a gillyweed. He gets yeah. to go to the dance with Jenny, Harry's wife. 
I'm just getting in. Me. Anyway. I really hope that Harry has some, like, serious issues with, like, a therapist later in life where he's like, I mean, my, my wife, she was out with Longbottom at all hours of the night when we were in high school. I just, I just, can't, I mean, I'm Harry Potter. And she was into somebody like Neville? What does that make me? I just hope, I hope in, deep down that that's something that a magical therapist has to, like, tolerate Harry whining about. Yeah, sure, yeah. Tell, tell me about your mother. I didn't know her! <laughs> I never saw her in the mirror. That's true. Yeah, I felt like this chapter was fun. I like the, th- the I like the dragon, uh... I didn't like the dragon. The dragon, like, sucks. Sounds, I, I don't understand why Hagrid wants this stuff. I don't understand why he wants monsters that are so dangerous, like, for him. Maybe because he's part monster. No, it's because he's just a gentle soul who doesn't see the negative in things. He doesn't see the risk and danger of... of I'm, monsters. I'm just saying he under, inherently understands what it's like to be an outcast and to be misunderstood. True. True. I think that there's... Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I th- well, I don't know about that. I don't think I would consider him part monster. I think that's unfair. You know, the only part of him that's... Anything that's horrible to say. Monstrous is the size of his heart. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <that's> dumb. Because <laughs> he also cares for his, his brother in a later story. You know, it's similar. Hagrid just likes taking in strays. He's a... He's like Will Graham. To make Dumbledore Hannibal? Yeah. I think that would be, that would fit, because then, like... Because Dumbledore is, like, conniving. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got his machinations. Like, that... Like, the end of the next chapter, where he, like... Oh, Harry somehow... Myster- or is it this chapter where he mysteriously gets his cloak back? Little note. You know, I think it's the end of the next chapter. Yeah, he just gets it. Just man, it just keeps showing up. He can Harry can be as reckless as possible because he's a pawn in this giant game Dumbledore's playing. Hagrid as well, mm-hmm. just like Hannibal and Will. Except that you know Hagrid's or Dumbledore's not like. I don't feel like it's that creepy. He's not but, eating people. No, he's not. Well, we don't know. Somebody is. I feel like there's a hole. Charlie seems cool. That's another thing I took out of this chapter. I want to... I Why isn't there... Okay, why did she have to write the the Harry Potter sequel trilogy as Fantastic Beasts when Charlie's right there? <laughs> Charlie's right there waiting to have his stories written. I just want to read a whole trilogy about Charlie being awesome. He could be easily a later Fantastic Beast next generation. Totally. Focus mainly on dragons. Also, his friends are great. They just show up. I don't know how far did they have to travel. Romania to England by broomstick. Did they come from Romania? Why didn't he come? Or, they were probably, but still, they're gonna they're gonna yeah, go. To yeah, Rome, and that's a long trek. Yeah, and they're up for you know Carting illegal a transport across country borders. Lines. Yeah, yeah. man, what are you doing tonight? I'm gonna go break a thousand wizarding laws. Cool. Yeah, he sounds awesome. It's like a Guy Ritchie movie. Lock, stock, and two smoking nostrils. I think I said two smoking dragons. Well, same thing. No. Yeah, is it? Well, I mean, who else has smoking nostrils? No one. Anybody who drinks Madame Pomfrey's flu and cold cure. Flu spelled like chimney? No, just chimney spelled with a C. That's a good point, Rob. <laughs> yeah. a, you know what? You got me. Zing. That's what I meant. <laughs> 
Well, I don't have anything else in that chapter. Yeah, I know. Uh, but, uh, well, again, sort of to reiterate, the whole part with the dragon and, like, taking him up to the tower, that was cool. I like that. That was some fun, you know, Hardy Boys shenanigan stuff. Fun read. Fun read. But, again... We get to this... the best chapter. 15, The Forbidden Forest. Best chapter of all time? No. Oh. I mean, I don't, I, that's a lot of chapters out there. <laughs> what do you like about The Forbidden Forest? Centaurs are cool. Centaurs are cool. Centaurs are cool. Drinking unicorn blood's really hardcore and it's, awesome. It's pretty. It's pretty tight. Um, silvery, and you drink unicorn blood. You have a cursed life, a half, half life. life yeah. What? What would that do to Quarrel? Or do you think Voldemort's drinking it from his side of the head? Ugh. I don't think that's the case because we get no indication that his head can swivel and, and at least well, I just the way it's described is he's like very much like crouching like a normal that's like true. he's not crouching backwards that's true unless I missed that description but I don't think that's the case I think Quarrel's doing the drinking Quarrel's doing the drinking and I, my question is like is he not already living a half life because he's got a dude on the back of his head mm. I don't know man it's yeah does he have to sleep face down does he sleep standing up like a horse those are questions we'll never know the answer to or does he sleep on his side and they're both like get half a pillow? <laughs> it's like the odd couple that have to paint a yes. line down the bed. Yes. <laughs> that I would watch that. The Harry Potter odd couple show with just just this moment in time where it's Quirrell's a need freak. Voldemort's Lord of All Evil. They have to it's live together. Like, it's just like Quarrel like, t- like tediously writing notes about like going to different places and finding different monsters and it just the camera just pans around him to see Voldemort on the back of his head with silver blood dripping down his back of head chin just like going nuts that would be great watching rest. and then and then he like he sprays some air freshener and then it comes back to like Voldemort with no nose being like I don't, know, I don't smell anything <laughs> I can be stinky because I don't smell anything I, th- I felt like uh, Neville again really great Neville chapter where he's sympathetic he's fun like you just you, f- you want to like that kid. Sometimes I like I like stories where you can read characters that I feel like I'm like oh, I just want to go like be a a big brother or a big sister to that character. There have been great Neville moments in all three of these chapters. Yeah, that was awesome. Like kicking ass and that kind of heartbreaking moment in the last chapter. We didn't talk about it where Neville was earnestly trying to warn them. Yeah, and McGonagall got the wrong end of the stick, which. Bad teaching on her part. She's like, let me just see if I got this right. Is that what happened? And you're like, you don't give the kids their alibi like that. Right. But then Harry, Harry throws Neville, the who, who, who just like, oh, Harry yeah. wanted to tell him it wasn't true. But Neville just sat there looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's another great moment. Neville's awesome. She really nails Neville. But unfortunately, Harry's a dick. There's a, there's a brief aside here in, in this chapter where... She sort of casually mentions at some point goblin rebellions. Mm-hmm. What? That has that's a thing that's happened. Oh yeah. Why do I not know more about this already? Is that why they always look so shitty in the bank? Because they're just like they they lost a rebellion. I feel like yes, it's certainly touched on later, but briefly, not enough. Then no, you're not going to be happy with it. It's like another well, you know one line or two. It's another there. trilogy prequel I want to read. The goblin rebellions. I want to read that real bad. Because how could they, they... They all seem so awkward in the movies. That they, they, they sort of like hobble and they... Well, they're Warwick Davis with like 80 pounds of makeup on. Whoa. 
Whoa. Harsh attack on Warwick Davis. Yeah, I'd waddle too if I had 80 pounds of makeup on. Also, Filch just has torture equipment in his office that yeah. he's like totally willing and able and has mm-hmm. on the ready to use on children in this school. Yeah. What kind of school is this? Like we've already talked about Quidditch is a death ma- uh, match all the time. Uh, they've got the three-headed dog monster. Like it, the ogre comes through or the troll comes through. Like just what is it about? So every wizard in which parent is just like an absentee parent they're just totally neglectful of their kids like like fatally irresponsible well i feel like it's a british boarding school thing oh i don't know anything about that i feel like i feel like british parents in general are neglectful of their children wow that's slanderous and i i i mean that's the that's the viewpoint of that half (laughs) of the show i don't know anything about that i love the english the opinions expressed in the show are not necessarily the opinions of the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or their underwriters. I guess, yeah. I, I wish. It is. Um, yeah. yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> They're a bunch of jerks. They're a bunch of jerks. A bunch of people who just don't have any interest in their offspring. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It still feels like... And again, like, Dumbledore just allows it. He's just like, I've got so many... Like, uh, how many more things do you have on your plate where you're not going to be able to prioritize the janitor that has child torture equipment in his office? He doesn't use it unless it's... You don't know that. That's true. You don't know that. I feel like Filch is a little more well-rounded in the next book. Hopefully. He's really... Well, no. I mean, it's it's not for the better, but it's explained some. Like, if... But yeah, he does, like, his... His torture equipment. If every year Groundskeeper Willie killed a kid, <laughs> he'd be gone. He'd just be gone. Then we have the first, I believe, instance in this chapter of a character other than Harry hissing. Which I'm definitely more prone to noticing, I guess, than most people. But Ron hisses. Ron hisses. Ron hisses in this, in this chapter. You think it's because he was Harry's first and strongest conquest? He's Harry's first he's, lieutenant. He's Harry's first Horcrux. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Snack crux. I don't know. I, I I took it more as like a blow my theory out of the water, but I still I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna stick to it. I still think the deliberate use of hissing on mostly Harry is because he's a partial tongue, which we well, don't. I even... mean, I, I would I would take that and say that Harry's leeching into other people. His behavior. Yeah. He's he's charismatic, he's, and that's what he's charismatic, charismatic people do. He, he draws Hermione into. Ill he's, behavior and debauchery. Neville, yeah, yeah. he's got him fighting. Yeah, he's he, got he's got Neville fighting behemoths. Yeah, he does. He's like really. He's kind of like a little attention and a chocolate frog. Yeah, he's a little cancer, a little cancerous. He really definitely like poisons the people around him, mm-hmm. um, and causes them to be. I think the book wants you to believe. Oh, these are all just you know sort of a little bit naughty means to good ends. Right. But like, if you had a kid, if you had a kid, you know who else was a little bit naughty. Go for it. The Nazis. A little bit Nazi they were. Okay. <laughs> if I had a kid. If you had a kid who was uh, doing things like that, like ha- ha- start, have a new friend, okay? New friend they're really excited about. They enjoy being around. They're exciting. They're fun. And these kids suddenly who had never done this before start getting into fights, start getting detention, start getting like, you know, suspensions at home. Uh, is, is any parent who is paying a half a shit of attention to their kid not going to have a conversation about like 
we need to talk about who you're spending your time with and why and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I feel like that's absolutely the right thing. Apparently, I feel do. like there is a strong case for this. Certainly, by the next book. Oof. What when they steal the car? Yeah, yeah, like a very teenage thing to do. But they're that's like not something Ron would have done. No, well. Like, well, his we're, brothers, we're getting ahead of ourselves. His brothers are pretty That's rambunctious. True. That's true. But I think, again, like, Ron never seemed to really take after them. Like, at least in the movies, he in no way... He, he doesn't seem to look up to them, like those two. Like, Jenny does more than Ron. Yes. Easily. Right. And Ron looks up to, like, Charlie, it seems, mm-hmm. um, where he's like, oh, my brother, he's... Or, nope, and does anybody look up to uh, Percy? Does anybody think Percy's cool? Other than Mrs. Weasley? I don't think so. I think Percy's cool. I like the part where Percy is like trying to teach Harry how to play wizard's chess and, and Harry Harry feels like he loses because of because of Percy. That is oh man. How many sleepovers ended like that? <laughs> where you, you know you lost Super Mario because somebody kept telling you how to play. You're just like, Shut up. Just let me jump. Let me double jump when I want to double jump. And that's why you like Percy? Yeah, because it's relatable. It's like a real thing. It's like, you know, in a world of fan- fantasy magic and chocolate frogs. <laughs> like, there's... Were, you, were you the Percy of the sleepover? No, I didn't have any younger siblings. But, like, I, uh, I've i been to plenty of people's houses. I was the Harry. <laughs> you know, you've been to people's houses and they have older siblings and they're like, oh, let me show you how to do this. And you're like, just let me do it, man. Back off. <laughs> he hissed. He hissed. I barked. Let's be fair. So... <laughs> <laughs> Centaurs Finally. are super cool. Let's talk about centaurs. Oh, good. What do you want to say about centaurs? Um, what do you want to say about centaurs first? Uh, I feel like they're the first, besides goblins, they're the first magical-esque creatures that we get to that are like half-human hybrid stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a thing that I don't think up until now we really get a lot of experience with in these books. Until now, no. And I feel like it's kind of a thing that isn't even in this chapter. It's the, this is probably the most they delve into it until Order of the Phoenix or whatever is the one with uh, Umbridge. Yeah, there's a lot more centaur in the book, right? But centaurs are cool. I, I'm excited to learn more about their world. I'm, I just keep feeling like every time I read more of this book, I just keep thinking about how I want to know more about stuff that has nothing to do with the main plot. Sure. Like the main plot is something I've already experienced to some extent. And I'm just more interested in like, what is centaur culture like? Like, what do they do? Either how does Hagrid know all these guys? And they all seem like they have pretty good relationships. What's Hagrid doing out in the woods? How much time does he spend out there? Well, there's another trilogy. I want to give me another trilogy of just Hagrid hanging out with different magical folk. Hagrid and the Forbidden Forest Centaurs. Hagrid and the Horse People of the Woods. Don't call them Horse People. Hagrid and the Merfolks of the Lake. Oh. Hagrid and the Spiders of Doom. Hagrid drank all that unicorn blood and blamed... (laughs) 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 Something's killing it. (laughs) A cursed life. (laughs) Centaurs. Um... It kind of reads like Hermione has a sexual awakening. Whoa! <laughs> Go for it. I didn't get that I, one at you all. You didn't get that at all? No. The centaur comes out, and she's just like, oh. Okay. And there's like three different points. When she first sees them, they're centaurs, and she's like, oh, we noticed. <laughs> or he's a centaur. We noticed. Um... She's talking to them timidly. She's like, and what was the other one? Oh, yeah. And then following up with, are there many centaurs in the woods? And she is all over that. 
I definitely like, read like, that like, as I her see. being sort of afraid. You read it as her being like turned on. Not necessarily turned on, but 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 you know, awoken to the idea of being turned on, like like by ponies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's the upper half of a guy. Yeah, and, not the part you use for sex. So less threatening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like the lower half of a horse for sex is way more threatening. But you know, the pony part, which you can ride, <laughs> it's not coming yeah. out well. Yeah, you gotta. My point is just, <laughs> I feel like she came out of the forest with new feelings. Man, that is an interesting thought. <laughs> I don't. You didn't get that I, at all. No, honestly, not not at this point. I don't feel like I thought that. I I thought of it as because they're, I guess they're described sort of a little kind uh, physically, but I felt like it was more described in the in the chapter as them being kind of scary. Like I took way more of the scariness than like her having sort of a burgeoning sexuality. Well, I mean, just in the... She doesn't even know what, what's going on. She's just suddenly... No, to be fair to your your interpretation, like, she... You, you have to think about it. Like, these are essentially three incredibly muscular, naked dudes that are, like, fit and slim and trim and, and like, tight. And I am not a lady, but I imagine those are things that ladies like and guys or would, would like. And especially, like, at that age, you know, she is going to be... Into horses? Like, into horses. Yeah, yeah. And I think that she's going to be... At some point or another, she's going to be hitting her, like, noticing boys in a different way. I feel like book one may be a bit early for that, but... I'm just saying it's knocking at the door. Mm. <laughs> Not to say that. Well, it's too late. You said it. There's no... You can't get around it, man. Like, there's just too it, many... It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard topic. The entendres to are up. doubled Jeez, everywhere. They sure are. I like that idea, kind of. Like, I think it's funny. I like the idea that, like, what a cute story for her to, like, have and be like, oh, man, I'm so, you know, proper and quiet. And then Books I saw the, and cleverness. And then I saw, I saw them horse boys and she turns into that fucking Looney Tunes wolf. <laughs> With her heart jumping out of her chest. <laughs> I mean, centaurs are really cool. I, I want more centaur. Uh, much like Hermione. And... It's the kind of thing where... <laughs> took me a second. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think it would be cool to read more about that. I, the, the descriptions of, of the thing that's drinking the blood of the unicorns is cool, too. Like, the, all the work that she does there, it's, it's just so... With how much of this book specifically is spent on stuff that's sort of boring to me, mm -hmm. like all the exposition... And the Quidditch, and like, oh, we're in a class. This is what being in a class is like. For all that, there's these like these deposits of of really dense, awesome, fantasiful or fanciful writing. Like, like the like. Okay, you're in a you're in a dark wooded clearing that's only lit by the the light of the moon. And in this small little, like, by a small little pool, there's a dead unicorn that's having its silver blood sucked out of it by a hooded creature that's just slurping up as much as it can as it's crouched over the corpse of the horse. Like, that's awesome. Like, that's, like, that's such a good and vivid image that it doesn't take anything for that to just be in your head. Mm -hmm. And, like, just be, like, it's like a fucking blacklight poster. It's like, yeah, yeah I could see that. Like, that sounds awesome. Um, and it's it's the same with the centaurs. Like all all the work she does, 
I mean, I don't think it's like, I, I don't necessarily think that I, it's as clear when you're thinking about like Hermione's Twilight, but, <laughs> but I think that like the scary stuff is really well done for the intimidating stuff. I can't think of what, like, it's, I, I don't know, I kind of want to know what, like, her overt influences were on, like, that kind of writing. On, like, you know, the the horror or the, you know, fantasy horror kind of mm-hmm. genre elements. Because they're really, you know, rich, they're they're present. Um, like, I know we, we will, have, if we haven't talked about it before, because I don't remember, but I think that eventually, you and I in the past, whether or not it was recorded, have discussed how the uh the whole quarrel uh voldemort thing is very lovecraftian like the whole yeah, like whole, the that. whole reveal of like no the villain is a teacher who has another dude's head growing out of his head like and you you don't you i don't think there's much indicating that you should know that's what's happening up until the point where it's revealed no not at like, all there's there's little peppers there's even um she she paces the reveal really well yeah over the last sentence of the next chapter and the first sentence of the following chapter okay. is how the reveal is done. It's really well done. Okay. If you have never read it before. I haven't, so we'll get there in the next episode. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I, having not read it, but knowing how it works in the movie and knowing, a li- like, having, like, a lot of people read a little bit of Lovecraft, it felt very much like that sort of, like, gross darkness, like, madness Cosmic kind horror. Of thing. Cosmic horror thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, a little bit of, little little Kafka-esque, but, you know... In terms of it being sort of a transfiguration, like sure, horror. So the body horror, yeah, um, somewhere between body horror and cosmic horror. Yeah, it's 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 really creative and cool, and and it kind of feels like it is a little much for kids. Like I don't know, I don't. It's hard for me to judge that because I'm not a kid, but or a parent. But it feels like it's surprising that it's for kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. And and the description, even just the description of he had never seen anything so sad. Yeah, or so beautiful and so sad. Yeah, the dead unicorn. That's really mature. Like, to be able to identify that duality is pretty advanced for mm-hmm. even 11-year-olds. Like, because, I mean, what's the age range of this book? I would say 11. Well, that's how old Harry's supposed to be, right? I think that's that was always I don't, the intent. I don't have any context of what children are like at that age, but... Um, Were you never 11? Yeah, but you don't think about yourself when you're 11. Like, like you don't think about yourself like, wow, I, I'm really immature right now. <laughs> like, I am, wow, I really don't understand the world. I feel like I can think of that in retrospect, though. Maybe, but at the time, like, I had no real self-awareness or, like, you know... You're just so busy, like, absorbing that it's hard to, like, really take any sort of retrospective or introspection. That's deep. Nah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's about as deep as a peen sieve. I don't know what that is. We don't know yet? Is that not in the first book? No, I guess not. No, it's not until the fifth book. Damn. Yeah. Damn, Harry. Wait. Fourth book. Comes into play a lot in the fifth book, but fourth book is Birdie Crouch. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mad-Eye. Yeah, I don't really have anything else after this. I mean, I, uh, we're, we're finishing up next. Yeah. Next episode is the last two chapters of the book. And they go... I mean, there's a lot. It's 40 pages. Is it? Wow. Yeah, I did. A, I think uh, it's about 40 pages. I do it, uh, both of them feel kind of like they could be four chapters, not because they're long and tedious, but because they both seem to have two, you know, distinct parts to them. Yeah. 
I mean, we haven't even gotten like I. Yeah, it, I'm. Through the trapdoor is a lead up to, and then mm-hmm. through the trapdoor, and then and then you have to have all the resolution, like all the, right. everything after the climax has right. to also take place. Uh, and then whatever like setup she has for the next book, I'm assuming also is supposed to be there. That's pretty minimal. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll see when we get there because I haven't I haven't read it as upon at or, least as of the this first three or even four books are just like and it ends and he goes back to the Dursleys. Yeah. Ugh. Like how it starts, how all the books or the movies at least start was like, oh, here's Harry again dealing with the Dursleys. <laughs> Or is it the other way around? I insist. That's another thing. I want to read in the gutters of, like, what happens when the when he, when he comes back to the Dursleys? Like, what is their reaction? Are they just like, oh. I bet Dur- I bet Dudley has some sleepless nights of terror. Oh. Yeah, because he has part of his him, body removed. They have to give him volume or something because he's going to be like, oh, he's coming back. I do not look forward to reading more books where th- that family gets abused. About that. <laughs> I, it's a lot more. I know. It's at least five more. At least. Well, I don't know if I have anything else really no. about these chapters. There, I feel like this, you know, uh, selection of chapters is better than the last three. Like those last three. Whew. Hard, yeah, hard to swallow. We didn't, we didn't have as much to talk about last time. No, but these are this, especially the Forbidden Forest. Really Forbidden good. Forest got good. Yeah. And I feel like the next two are even better. Good. Well, It'll finally I, be book, t- book two. Yeah. Well, I guess that wraps it up. Okay. Thanks for joining us. Yes! Shut up. <laughs> for joining us. All that other stuff. Death eating. Death reading. Oh, yeah, death reading. Real death reader on Twitter. That's right. <laughs> Deathreaders at gmail.com. <laughs>